Hello everyone, welcome to the Desolation Sounds podcast. My name is Stephen Hook and this is a podcast celebrating everything to do within the world of alternative music, be that rock, punk, metal or even extreme metal. I'm coming off the back of a cold because what else do you get when it's 31 degrees outside? So I might sound a bit haggard. I feel kind of haggard. That's it really. Coming up on this week's show we've got album reviews from Petrol Girls, Killswitch Engage and the collaborative album between Pine and Condra and we'll just fucking loads of new music from the likes of Alcest, Refused, Mike Patton and Stray from the Path and even a little like Lemmy treasure trove or hidden treasure. I think hidden treasure is better from Lemmy, that, that, that man we knew. Oh, I miss Lemmy. Um, but we're going to start with the news and there's only one bit of news that I could find and it's that's kind of a cool one actually. Uh, Slipknot looked like they're going to be releasing the B-sides to All Hope Is Gone, their 2008 album, which is slowly unraveled to being a very cursed album. Um, Clown has said that they, um, well, first Clown came out and said they expected it to be released during the We Are Not Your Kind touring cycle, and that it has a bit more of a psychedelic vibe to them. I think it's where, when they were recording, they sort of split into two because they had a bit before now and i think it's clown sid jim and Corey. i think the four that split off and then just did these songs which are very like unslipknot and wasn't really befitting of all hope is gone um <coughs> excuse me and that's why never never sort of light a day um cory a couple of days afterwards came out and said that they have a bit of a Radiohead feel to them um, and that the album, it's got a name, it's going to be called Look Outside Your Window. Well, that's what so far he is colloquially calling it. So it's not quite a, a new Slipknot album. It's more, it's just like an offcuts, I guess, like a collaborative offcuts. Um, but the only, the only release for that is sometime during the touring cycle of We Are Not Your Car, which is a new album. Which is nice and vague. It could be tomorrow. It could be in a year's time. Who the fuck knows what this lads. So on to new music then. And like I said there's quite a bit. There's also loads of new albums out as well. So let's get started with the Lemmy track. So I think I read this. as This was initially started in 2009. It is with the Americana artist. Formerly actress. Uh, Linda Kay. She's got a brand new album coming out within the next couple of months called Black and Gold. It's going to be a double album of like country Americana. I should a collaboration with Lemmy called The Mask. Um, it's very, very good. It's got, if anyone ever listened to The Headcat, which was Lemmy's country side project. Um, or is it Whorehouse Blues was the Mohead song? It's not like the typical like in your face punk that Lemmy always did. I feel like he does have like a bit more of an explosive when he's doing like the bigger um, riffier songs. But like the Doomia or like the ballet sort of stuff, he does have that like slow drawl to it all. And it's more that sort of long. It's a very wholesome ballad. I dig it. Um, and yeah, it was, it's a, it was a little bit different compared to everything else from this week. So I think that might be why it rang out a bit. But yeah, do go check that one out. It's called The Mask. It's by Linda Kay and Lemmy. Linda spelled L-Y-N-D-A. Um, and yeah, if you're into like country or Americana, that kind of thing, keep an eye out for the new album. It's called Black and Gold. It's come out th- sometime this year. Um, Alcest, the post-metal legends, 
Um, they've got a new song and album coming out. I completely missed the album announcement. It's going to be called Spiritual Instincts. It's coming out the 25th of October. Uh, and they've got a new track out called Protection. And it's fucking insane. Oh my god. Um, it's a thunderous track. It stretches their like, post-whatever sound to the loosest meaning. It's so riffy. Um, almost like math rock style riffs that just got a bit more balls to it. Um, it's quite bizarre because a friend of mine is big into Alcest and the first album he recommended to me was Shelter, which I'm fully aware now Shelter is, can, well, it can be seen as Alcest's experiment album because it's where they're traditionally like very post-metal and even got a bit of the post-black in there as well. Um, but Alcest is very shoegazy and post-rock. So to hear a song like Protection come from out, um, what I know is the shelter version of Alcest, it's pretty fucking cool. Um, it's a great track. It's a great song. Really, really fun um, little number. And yeah, I'll be, I'll be checking out Spiritual Instincts based off that alone. Um, if you are like me and you're a bit nervous with post-music or post-metal sort of thing, uh, I think it is a, it's a good little middle ground, methinks. Um, on to Refuse, and they've got a new song called Never Fade Away. It's being released under their Samurai banner, because it's going to be fucking ages to find on Spotify. Um, it's in collaboration with CD Project Red for, <laughs> CD Project Red for the upcoming video game um, Cyberpunk 2033. That doesn't feel right. Whatever, like, it's Cyberpunk something, and I can't fucking wait for it, even though I can't remember what it's called. Um... It's. I liked Electra, the uh, comeback album. Was it Electra? I feel like it's not right. I'm going to look that up separately. I like that song, um, which one of the podcasts I follow who's really big into uh, Refuse. Oh, Freedom. Big pardon. There's a song called Electra. I really like Freedom. Um, the podcast I listened to is big into Refuse. Hated it because it was everything against Refuse in his eyes. Um, and I haven't gone back to listen to the classic album, which has got a daft name, Shipwunk to Come. Um, I haven't listened to that in full yet, so it's hard for me to be that comparative for Refuse or to see that comparative. But even like the comparative I've got from Freedom, this is a very odd song. Um, it's quite ploddy. It's it, the main riff in it is a lot of fun. Uh, it's really, really good. I love the little bass work behind it as well. The riff on it is great. Um, it features the most divisive thing in all of alternative music, which is a very limitedly previously explored um, use of melodic vocals. I don't mind the vocal. Um, it's quite clean on the chorus. It's something different, you know, but it's just the song is just very, very okay. It's not bad. It's just very, very average. Um, and I hope it's just down to limitations of it going into a video game. Because I know, even though Cyberpunk is going to be um, quite expansive and like have a lot of things going into it, and musicians before have put a lot of themselves into the music for video games, my key example would be Avenged Sevenfold. I just hope they've like toned it down because it's got to go into a video game or it's got to fit. They've already said that it's got to fit the narrative or the game that they've been set by CDPR. Um, so when it comes to the new album, which is called War Machine, coming out October 8th, 
I just hope that it's going to be, you know, excuse me, closer to closer to Refuse than it will be to Never Fade Away. But it's a lighter end of post-hardcore if you're into that sort of thing. It's called Never Fade Away. It's under the Samurai, ban Samurai banner, like I said, and it's in collaboration with CD Projekt for their upcoming video game, Cyberpunk, <laughs> insert year. <coughs> I hate being ill. I hate the sun. I hate the fact we had a heat, a heat wave back. I love the thunder we had last night. We had a massive thunder and lightning storm. I couldn't. Fuck, I got to chill out, and when it was raining, and then it made all the lights at my workplace flicker, which put me on ease because I work in a place that very heavily requires the use of electricity. Me. Mike Patton, he of Faith No Faith No More fame, is coming out with a new collaborative project with Jean Claude Vanier, a French composer whom I don't know a great deal about. Uh, the project's got well, the project has a name. The album's going to be called Corpse Flower, and it's coming out the 13th of September. And they've released the first song from the uh, collaboration. It's called Browning. It's a weird experimental jazz kind of thing is how I've described it um, it's got this like weird atmospheric um, but like fairly upbeat atmospheric with um, pattern doing quite a personal like Singapore it's somewhere it's not quite it's too rhythmic to be spoken word but it's too spoken word to be like singing if that makes sense um, and then the it like all really builds up in the choruses and I just I actually found myself really really liking this. It is it's a weird weird musical project, um, and again he's super imposing and it's super personal how like it just feels like he's right up to the microphone and just breathing. I don't know how bad that's gonna sound in my when it comes time to it. That's for you to you lot to figure out. Um, it's definitely weird as fuck. So if you're into weirder things, give it a go. It's called... Well, the album's going to be called Corpse Flower. The song is called Browning. I found the easiest way to find it is to go through Mike Patton. Or if you are familiar with uh, Jean Claude Vanier, uh, it's also connect to him. I'd also love to know what other sort of things Jean Claude is known for. So if you are a fan of him, or you've ever heard of him before, give your boy a holler. And... Last new music before we go into all the new albums that I found from this week. Uh, it is from Stray from the Path, a band that I didn't realise until very recently. I absolutely fucking adore. The new song is called Kickback. It's from Internal Atomics, which is coming out the 1st of November, which is so far away. Um, it's featuring Brendan Murphy of Counterparts, and it is so fucking groovy. It's so fucking good. Um, I, again, I really, really like Stray from the Path. Um, subliminal criminals was just <laughs> subliminal criminals was just great. Um, the previous song Fortune Teller was brilliant as well. It's just ah, oh, I dig it. I really dig it. It's not something that like rapcore. Again, I think I said about the Borders review. Rapcore is not the sort of thing I'd usually go for, but yeah, there's always one. Of all the things that you never really like, there's always one. Uh, you, you just just pulls you in and in my case apparently straight from the path uh, again the song's called kickback and it's from the album internal atomics coming out the 1st of november yeah it's it's 
under the mononym of, or mononym, that's not right, under the heading of party hardcore, in my opinion. So it's good, it's, 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 it's a fun time. It's just a fun time. <coughs> that's not a fun time. New albums this week, we'll start off small and then get to one that I'm really, really excited about. First off, we're looking at Silver Tomb and their album, Edge of Existence. It's coming out the 1st of November, and you might be thinking, who the fuck Silver Tomb? Silver Tomb is a brand new supergroup super made from made from members of Tybo Negative, Danzig, uh, Agnostic Front, and etc. The full lineup is uh, Kenny Hickey from Typo Negative and Seventh Void, uh, Johnny Kelly, also formerly of Typo and Danzig, Joseph James from Agnostic Front, Hank Hell from Seventh Void, and Aaron Jews from Empyrean. It's a very slow, doomy kind of crawler with, I don't know if it's just um, Kenny's vocal style, but it's quite a hard rock snarl in there with the occasional like gothic little bit of synth in the background. It's, I can kind of see what they're going for, trying to bring in the like uber spooky typo-ness back. Personally, I prefer it in A Pale Horse Named Death, but if you're into the doomy sort of stuff, Go, give it a go. It's called Silver Tomb, all one word. And the album is going to be called Edge of Existence, coming out the 1st of November. Next, it is Disciples of Verity with their new song, Worthy, part of the album Pragmatic Sanction. Um, it's coming, all I've been told, all, all I've been told, look at me. All I've read is that it's coming out sometime winter of this year. And again, another supergroup. It's made up of uh, Corey Glover from Living Colour. Corey Pierce from God Forbid, George Pond from Negative Sky, and Mark Monjoy from Second Skin, and Danny Puma, again, from Negative Sky. Uh, musically, I don't even know how I would describe this. Very groove metal, with not like the slowed down kind of groove that you get from, say, Pantera, or like the the more well-known Pantera catalogue. It's loads more upbeat. It's got like a bit of a synth in the background, I guess. I don't really know how to describe it. All I know is I fucking love this. I really, really enjoyed this. Um, it, the song itself, Worthy, features Jeff Loomis of Arch Enemy and Nevermore as a guest. Um, Glover sounds incredible with um, this like dark music scape behind him. And the synths and the melodies work really well with him on the chorus. If you're unfamiliar with Corey Glover, the name Living Colour doesn't really ring a bell. If you've ever heard the song, which you will have done because it gets played everywhere, Colour Personality, any wrestling fans will know that song as well. Um, it is the lead singer from that band. And so imagine that vocalist. Go away. Imagine that vocalist in front of. Um, I guess maybe uh, if you fronted a Silence in the Snow era trivium. That's what I'm going to go for. Quite groovy, quite thrashy, but not quite on the lines of we're thinking about melodic death metal. But that's all from one song, so who knows what can happen next. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, the band is called Disciples of Verity. The album's going to be called Pragmatic Sanction, and the song you'll look for is called Worthy. It's all jolly good stuff and but the album that i am most looking forward to because i absolutely adore this band 
It is Pitfalls, and it's the new album from Leprous. I believe it's album number six. Uh, it's coming out the 15th of October. I am very looking forward to it. It's going to be on super pre-order. Excuse me. Um, very, like, their social medias have the artwork and the track listing. If you want to go hunt that out, the album art is very, very dark, gothic, and I'm all about that. Um, no new music yet, which is very fucking annoying, but maybe soon. And there's not much I can go on because there's no music attached to it, but just know that I am very, very excited. Melina was just insane. Um, again, prog music, not something I go for, but Leprous just make it go work so gosh darn well. I thought the song they did in the middle, Golden Prayers, it took a while for me to get used to or like to get on board with, but I ended up quite enjoying that as well. Uh, Congregation and Cole. I've gone in on, but not enough. Like, I've given them one or two listens each, and from what I've heard, I can pick out, like, a greatest hits between them, but I need to go in and, like, sit down and just absorb it all. But, no, very big fan of the fact that Lepros have a new album coming out. T too damn long with your two years album cycle. How dare you? But, no, that's coming out as well. The album's going to be called Pitfalls. It's coming out the 15th of October. Forgot how months work for a second. Um, and, yes, be excited. On to, then, album reviews. We're going to start... With Petrol Girls and their second album, Cut and Stitch. They are an amalgamation of many different countries, hosting members from Austria, Lithuania, and here in Blighty. Musically, they are they straddle that line between punk and post-hardcore. Um, they've got the intensity and... I put intimacy, but I don't know if that's the right word. It's just, it's very OG punk rock mixed with the experimentation and the structure of mod modern post-hardcore. You know, you take a, the first proper song in the album, which is a song called The Sound, it, like, gambles on and off between like, the galloping, orchestra of wall style or era gallows in the choruses mixed with the Zokes, uh, Feed the Rhino style versus that very... Dun like, very, like, dun 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 it's, I, I can't really say, it's not just like power chords one after another. It's very like kind of like stop-start riffage kind of thing. You, I, you just listen to it. You get what I mean. Um, the album itself very much feels like a, a war cry or battle cry or like some kind of call to arms a lot. It's very political, very... Um, it's more political than it is personal, but then because of the politics involved, it also turns into a very personal album at the same time. It's very, very confusing that way, but it's pretty good at doing it. Um, in fact, I've purposely saved two mounds of lyrics just because some of the lyrics are just insane. Um, a lot of albums like this do tend to, they like to go by the metaphor route. So when people like me listen to the albums, they can sort of go in and find like the hidden meanings behind things. This doesn't really do that all that much. This is very much, here is the problem. This is what causes my problem. Here's the problem again. Like, it's very, very, like, and it's that's fine. It's refreshing to have just, like, just, this is sucks. It's fucking shitty. Um, on the song, Big Mouth, what was the lyric that I... You've got, like, the main, well, the opening verses go on to, to say, versus the mod... Voices of the marginalized tolerate if we remain quiet. Um, and then just like modifications of those two lines. 
and then the one that really really cuts home in terms of like the modern uh, women need to smile all the time sort of thing um, keep your voice down know your place bite your tongue you best behave keep your head down stay in line keep your mouth shut with a lovely smile oh big earth lads big earth and then a monstrous as well which has got a great line where are you where are you um, so monstrous is a bit more of a personal one to Ren um, it should be noted if you go onto the band camp for Cut and Stitch each and every song has if you click into it it's got all the lyrics for the song it's also got like a like a written message or meaning from lead vocalist Ren and that's kind of cool because it acts as like a about the author kind of thing or like what she was thinking when she was going like writing the song um, but on Monstrous, it's got this is not all of me. I choose the parts you see. All of my all my weakness bottled up and left for trumpet on the shelf. This is not all of me. I choose the parts you see, etc., etc. Um, and yeah, just the lyrics in it are just for Monstrous, very very personal. All about I feel like it's more like an anxiety sort of thing. And even like that about the author thing that I said about for Monstrous. Um, Ren says this is about feeling mind and drained and too much and not enough and ultimately monstrous it's also about how sometimes i feel on stage or on social media sometimes i find fronting a feminist band too much pressure from too many different directions so like the anxiety that she like previous had anyways is now amplified by the fact that she's now fronting this band which has got such a powerful message behind it it's a really cool like i said it's a really cool like behind the looking glass kind of thing for each of songs i do recommend checking it out because that that on its own is just super interesting to pick apart the songs that i prefer um i said a lot then about monstrous it is just drowning with attitude um it's almost like a sarcastic execution on like the influx she puts on to like when it says i choose to part you see i can't do the influx at the moment because my throat is fucked um but it's got i choose just but, you know, more, I can't. Um, it's, I described it as a very Stone Cold Steve Austin kind of song. Just, it doesn't really give a shit. And that very, there's Stone Cold Steve Austin's way in that kind of way, but it's also a very British, sarcastic sort of way. Like, I'm just gonna, you don't get everything. Bih. Um, no Love for a Nation, again, cuts back to the lighter end of, like, a Zokes kind of band. Um, if you've ever, if you did ever go in on Zokes, think of the song "Good Times," and I think that's a good comparison for Nola for a Nation. Um, Burn has the Petrol Girls, the Petrol Girls gruff on top of what feels like almost like a, heart, a loud dispute, half-spoken word, half-singing kind of thing, along with that loud dispute kind of chord progression. It's a lot more musically emotional than a lot of songs in the album. Talking Tongues has a cool trade-off with... It didn't say. I could, at least I couldn't find out. My guess is the guitarist Joe. And if I have that wrong, I'm very, very sorry. But I can't find it anywhere. I'm sorry. Um, and then finally, Weather Warning. I have nothing clever to say about Weather Warning. It, is just, it just rips. Again, party hardcore in the same way breadth as cancer bats and every time i die it's it was being quite refreshing to listen to an 
a very punk kind of record with a female punk singer who has that more of a bark than anything else. Um, if you take a band like Milk Teeth, uh, Becky's vocals, they're very, very clean. They're grungy and like very gravelly. But ultimately, I think they do sit on the more cleaning, clean, clean side. Fucking hell, why did I struggle? The more cleany side of like just vocal execution. Die Mannequin from way back in the day. Um, I say that probably like 15 years ago now. They're probably the closest I can. Th uh, well, I thought about, but Die Mannequin. I think they did well back in Canada, which I think where they were from. But otherwise, they just didn't do all that great, which is sad because I thought they were quite good. Um, I'll say that was the closest. You got like bands like the Distillers, Fit for Rivals, Interrupters. Whenever like they have that kind of punk, they more just have like a very low gravel kind of voice, which I I wish I had all the time instead of whenever I'm sick, because I sound like now I sound just pathetic. But when I've got a proper throat infection, I sound chill as fuck. Um, so yeah, having that like old school punk bark is really really nice uh a lot of people went on about the drumming from zock on the album i want to throw my two cents in there it's fucking great he does a fucking great job on this fucking high five for that boy um in time in times in terms of critique i just found it quite difficult for the album to maintain momentum like there's a lot of interlude tracks with um that just give the album more depth which if you're trying to say one continual story like a prog album or um, like a shoegazy sort of thing or like whatever, if it's got a continual narrative, you know, it's it's okay. It's not for me, but it's okay because it it builds up that emotion. It like maintains the setting and that kind of thing. But an album like this, where each song feels like they're telling their own story and like they could exist independent of the album. It kind of just feels like a lot of work. You've got to like keep bringing yourself up and down. Like within the first first half of the album, so 15 tracks, by track seven, you've only heard, excuse me, four songs. You've got two interludes and you've got the intro track. You know, people go for that sort of thing. I'm not one of them. That's why I bring it up. But, you know, it's just, I found it quite difficult to like keep myself going at times. Um, and... This isn't really much more of a critique. It's more like just what I prefer in music. The political... The, fuck me. What was that? The political message behind it all. <coughs> I struggle to find the ways of saying this without sounding like an asshole. So I'm probably going to sound like an asshole. And for that I apologise. It's nothing against pet girls or what they're singing about. It's just I'm an asshole. Um, if a song masks its political message behind metaphors or lyrics that I can't understand. Like... Uh, a death metal growl or a black metal shriek that kind of thing when i later find out the meaning i'm like oh you got me kid oh you you scoundrel um and i prefer that that's all it is it's not to say like this album is shit because it's very up on your face every now and again you need an album that tells you to your face just just fucking fix shit it's all fucked you know and again nothing wrong with that it's perfectly fine i think it's a great idea it's just not for me. It's personal preference. Um, and I don't know if that's because I can't do anything about it because I'm a giant neckbeard. You know, like if a 
if Ban sings about, oh, the planet's dying, like, I've gone vegetarian, I recycle more. Um, you hear a band singing about mental illness, I've, you, you can read, um, and I've heard loads of shit on social media about how to support people better. Almost put it for desk. The steps you can do to fix, uh, to like help people and like fix things. But when it comes to politics, I can't climb the fucking political ladder. I can barely climb the retail management ladder. And in terms of feminism, what am I supposed to do about that? I can't run around women until they start being oppressed and help them. That's just going to open a whole world of different issues. So, I, I can't think of it. It's an album It's an album needs to exist. Absolutely. And I, I genuinely believe that there's going to be someone who listens to this album who, and it's going to change their lives. They're going to be, it's either going to be I'm not the only one that has to suffer like this. These girls, or these guys, sorry, are collective guys. Um, these guys are singing about problems that I have, so I'm not alone. There's other people who are into this band who feel the same way, support, connections, yada, yada. Or it's going to be like an empowerment to themselves. This, this is going to change someone's life, I think. it's. I just feel like it's one of those albums. But... I'm a straight white guy from England. I'm the wrong demographic. Um, it's not to say it's not great. It's if you like old school um, hard uh, for fuck's sake, old school punk with a modern day hardcore filter. Do get, check this out. Um, if you are a fan of Gouge Away, Brutus, or Zokes, I'm throwing this in, in throwing them in there as well. If I ever learn how to talk proper. Uh, the album's called Cut and Stitch. It's by Petrol Girls. It is out no on... What label is it? I don't know. It's probably on a label. It's really good. Go find it. Because, again, I am the, probably the wrong person to review this kind of music. But just know, it's a big one. Uh, I feel like I balls that up. Do you feel like I balls that up? Because I feel like I balls that up. On to Kill Switch Engage now. This is album number eight from the Westfield, Massachusetts lads. Um, I think everyone by now knows what kind of music Killswitch Engage do. They are the epitome of modern day metalcore. It all, all goes back to them. Um, it is, you know, the melodic death metal riffs, the hardcore punk structure. Excuse me. Um, and if you go to songs like As Sure The Sun Will Rise and Ravenous, you will find out why they've been, excuse me, why I'm dying inside, and why I've christened them the Godfathers of Metalcore for this review. Um, <coughs> excuse me. In terms of the album as a whole, Jesse sounds the best he has ever sounded. Um, before, the high shrieks sometimes sound like he was struggling a bit, or they almost sounded painful. Um, but now he hits them with so much force and so much comfort and it feels more natural to him now post throat surgery. I believe he had a, uh, a cyst or a polyp on a part of his throat, which looked dicey for a while, but he's coming back and he sounds fucking amazing. Um, uh, this is an album all about overcoming personal issues, um, because Jesse's life has been all about overcoming personal issues recently. Um, I believe on top of the throat surgery and the uh, the window of time where it's like, we don't know if you can come back to singing or like just, you know, that's fun for you to think about. I believe his, he 
uh, split from his wife of many, many years. And there was a few other bits going on, unfortunately, in Jesse's life. But the personal issues that he's found have blood into the album and in his writing. The obvious example tracks are I Am Broken 2, which is one of the singles, uh, Take Control, and I Can't Be The Only One. They're very, very emotionally raw songs. And they must mean a great deal to Jesse because he puts a lot of effort into them. And again, he sounds fucking amazing. And similar to Petro Girls, but for different reasons, they're going to be the kind of songs that someone needs to hear. You know, um, that stuff pat on the back to say like, hey, it's shitty as well for uh, other people, but it's okay because we've got support people and help and, and, and all the other things I said about 30 seconds ago, but better. The I found the edges of the album a lot of fun, which is a weird statement. Um, Unleashed is a very, very okay opener, you know, very powerful of the course. The collaboration with the old but newer, in the middle, vocalist Howard is wholesome as it is, in my opinion, the best song in the album, Signifier. Um, I think it's a fucking great song. It truly does rip. Um, I heard other people saying they struggled to be able to tell the difference between Howard and Jesse. Personally, I didn't have that issue. I thought, I think they're they're similar, but they're distinct enough that you can tell which one's which. And that song fucking rips. Uh, Us Against the World as well, track three, is more of a step towards like the melodic side of Killswitch Engage, but I think still one that is very, very decent. And then the other ends of the scale, you've got I Can't Be The Only One, which is of the three personal tracks I said about a minute ago, definitely my favorite one very very easy uh favorite one i don't know what it was but it just appealed to me more and then the closer bite the hand that feeds is just an absolute rager just goes full hardcore with mass amounts of metal over the top and yeah i thought the like i said start and end were very very good the middle was just very very mundane and very very powerful of the course and it sounds like a cop-out, but that's kind of it. Like, I really couldn't think of much to say about this. It's a very middle-of-the-road kind of album, you know. Um, and it's weird because I make no bones about the podcasts I listen to. And they're very, very music-based, and they do review albums, and they have reviewed this. And I tried very hard not to have, like, basically word-for-word copy of their opinions, but it was more of a case of listening to them and saying, like, you know, it's just it's nothing nothing new it was more of a relief that it wasn't just me not getting one of the biggest bands in metal um the context behind the album makes the end, pro- end product much more satisfying as you do feel kind of redemption or achievement for on jesse's behalf by the end of the album and you know like now Going back and find out what Jesse went through in the lead up to the album, and then obviously listen to what he's made. Sorry, I think if I hear weird noise, I'm fighting with my microphone a little bit. Um, then yeah, it is a triumph in that regard because to overcome oh my head to overcome all that, it is very very impressive. But in terms of just an album on its own, I just thought like taking it for what it is, Killswitch Engage fans and metalcore fans will just fall in love with this album. Because, you know, it's everything they should want from a modern Killswitch album or a modern metalcore album. But 
I don't see this as the album to bring in a new generation of Killswitch sounds. I still think that will belong to Disarmed Descent, which, as it is now, is six years old, but that's where I think a lot of the newer generation will go to, or where they should go to after hearing anything modern kill switchy. I'm really, really struggling with this microphone, aren't I? Please, I just want to lay back in my chair. Um, I haven't done a for fans off kind of thing for kill switch. I'm just going to sit back up because like a normal human being, because I'm obviously not winning. Um, yeah, I haven't done a for fans off for the kill switch album. Oh no, it's raining. I've got to go to work soon. Fuck's sake. Uh, purely because if you like any spectrum of metalcore, the bastardized version of what it is now, where it's just like breakdowns until you die, or even the more like uh, gruffy end of like metallic hardcore, I think alongside. So that side of things, it will never end up back at Converge. But at some point, anything in Metalcore will go back to Killswitch Engage. So do recommend giving it a go if you like anything to go with Metalcore. Um, it is, you know, it's Killswitch. They, it's me saying there's nothing new for a band that are still very, very good. You know, which doesn't sound like a good thing, but it's fucking Killswitch Engage. There's a reason why... When Metalcore was in the absolute toilet a couple of years ago, people were still dead excited about New Killswitch. And were fucking flipping their lids when Jesse came back to the band in, what was it, 2012? So, there's something there. It's not raining inside my house, is it? Wind's going the other way, I'm safe. So that was Killswitch Engage. It is their eighth album. It's called Atonement. Um, yeah. Everything I just said about Metalcore, if you like it, go for it. If not, fuck you. Buzz, buzz. Does my phone tell me I need to go to work? Cool, let's blast out this last review really, really quick. Like, oh, it's the biggest one. Your boy's going to be late for work. Uh, it is the collaborative album by Pine, Not Pigeon, and Condra. It's called Curses Metal Hands. Um, they are an amalgamation of Manchester post-metal and rugby sludge metal. Rugby the place, not the sport. Although, I did have to clarify. Um, it was initially started or, like brought upon for as a collab for Arctangent Festival last year. And from it's I found it I was expecting to be a proper banter kind of album. It formed in a a, a festival party atmosphere. The social media that I saw in the lead up to the album had them just dossing around how dare they have positive emotions. They've been baiting Baroness with memes and it's named after a peep show reference. So it is just an expectingly daft situation that, well, certainly I was expecting from the album, but boy, oh, am I wrong. Because this is just as flushed out as each band's core output. You know, they put a, it seems like they put a lot of effort into this to make it worthwhile for, like, because they put, obviously, putting both their names on it, it's not just, it isn't just like a party project to them. This is something that they feel quite uh, intensely about. Um, and it is, it is, I found it quite captivating. I, I, I feel like I've got, I must have said about post-metal before, it's all the same reasons as prog. I just find it, can be quite 
you know, get on with it kind of thing. Um, excuse you. And I kind of had that worry when High Spirits came out. Because first couple of listens I gave it, it was just, you know, quite slow, very, very, like, broad, atmospherically, quite um, high-end. I was like, it's just okay. And then, like, the bigger parts of the song kick in. Like clockwork, tasty. The bigger parts of the song kick in. It gets a lot more intense. And then after a few listens for my puny, diminutive mind, High Spirits now is now an absolute fucking gem. It feel, it kind of feels like an opera with acts. It starts somber and it starts off calm. Um, and it gets to like the chunky riffs, the big growls and the double bass kicks. All kicking in the middle. And then you do get a feeling of summation for the finale. And to me, it gets a little mastodony at times in the vocal as well. But High Spirits is a fucking cracker of a song. And from there, goes into the Paul. Um, and it kind of does the inverse. It starts off and ends quite intense and quite chunky um, with a delicate center. It's like an armadillo. Soft on the outside, crunch on the inside. To shit. Other way around. Fuck my analogy. Soft the inside, crunch on the outside. Like our mum used to make roast potatoes. Fuck! It would have been cool if I said that right first time. Um, it's good for post-whatever projects to mix things up. The uh, A Swarm of the Sun album I did at the start of the year had three songs on it. And they all kind of follow the same blueprint of a very slow dramatic build to where it's like the finale of it is very post-metal and sound incredible but getting there was like a five six seven minute long journey before you had three or four minutes of just beatings in the face uh endeavor kind of sounds like a um b-side from maya which was conjure's album last year we'll go last year um and it's probably about as brutal as the album gets um, it has a solid 10 out of 10 bleh, halfway through, which I am a total fan of. Always up for that. It sounds ridiculous, but they're just they're just so much fun. They're fucking stupid, and they're great at the same time. And then you get to the ending song, Sunday, which I think does... I think it does well of opening that middle ground between High Spirits and the Paul. Um, it flows out of Endeavour really, really well. And from there, it means it can go in literally any direction it wants. It can go back to like the heavy kind of things, or it can go like slow and meandery. Um, it does inevitably go into the more gruffy side of things first, and gets quite intense before reverting back to a more ethereal math rock kind of sound to see off the song. Oh, no, Ninos. And I think out of all the songs in the album, Sunday is the most deserving of those Baroness comparisons. Um, I have very limited knowledge of Baroness, admittedly. So going mostly off Golden Grey, um, it's technical ranging hooks under a sludgy kind of visor. And that's kind of why I see the 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 the, 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 the you know. One thing that I will say I absolutely loved about Sunday is just the outro riff. Um, it's the one that gets like progressive. It has like. Da, na, na, na. 
Oh, it fucking gets me every time. I really, really dig it. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, it took me a while to get into it because of the style of music that it is. Again, post-metal doesn't agree with me because I got a puny man punk rock, blah, 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 blah. Um, but inevitably, I did find myself really, really enjoying Curse's Metal Hands. Um, it kept things interesting and it kept my puny mind um, hooked and in engaged and intrigued from all the little riffs and little shouty shouts that they do. Um, and there's a lot of cool ideas inside it. Um, post whatever music universally have some of the best outros in music and it's just some of the things like the big dramatic finale of post music songs is just oh i get or just just i'm making movements with my hand but you can't see it but just know they're very very intense movements um i'd be, be very very interested in a volume two kind of thing or like a sequel or whatever and i would just love Th like this kind of collaboration over traditional spits like and i looked at i'll find the ones from that label as well um i looked at some of the ones that they could do uh, like collectively and i did the same thing as pine and conjure did they made made sure they stayed on um the same label so if you looked at hassle records you could do petrol girls and brutus if you go it's like stay within holy raw you can do mole and rollo tomasi uh spine farm you could do ishan and swallow the sun you could from roadrunner you could literally take any two bands and it would sound fucking insane you know you've got slipknot and code orange you've got gajira and slipknot you've got um ah oh, fucking creeper and milk teeth fuck that sounds amazing uh, Milk Teeth and Marmosets, Cavell Attack and Fever 333, you know? I'm purposely leaving. Although, fuck that. Cavell Attack and Turnstile. Ha ye. Um, and I'm purposely even behind Amity Affliction and Theory of a Dead Man. They can, they can. Why are they still on Roadrunner? Come on. You know, these sort of like collaborative projects, I think, would be fucking awesome. And I want more of them because I'm greedy and I want more things. Uh, as for the Curse's Metal Hands project itself, the Baroness one is an easy one. If you like Mastodon as well, I think give, give this a go. And if you like, like Boss Colloid, Boss Colloid were a band who I've like searching for, so comparison to this. I've actually found myself really enjoying the previous Boss Colloid album for whatever song I found off it, so I'm going to go back and listen to that at some point. Um, so yeah, Boss Colloid, Baroness, and Mastodon. I feel like I'm saying Keloid wrong. I feel really weird saying that, but oh well. Go for any of those three bands. Do do go check out Curse's Metal Hands by Pine and Condra. Um as for the bands themselves, Pine, very big I'll <coughs> <coughs> oh, actually hurt my rib. Uh Pine, very, very dramatic post metal, and Condra very, very intense sludge metal with a post metal haze about it, so go check them out separately as well. Um and I think that's everything. Um, all the latest news and music, brand new releases from the week, as well as album reviews from Petrol Girls, Killswitch Engage, and Pine and Condra. I've probably said, with all the best intentions of saying something nice about Petrol Girls and what they're representing, probably worded it really shitly. So again, soz about that. Next week, I'm hoping to have Knock Loose and finally get that Ithaca album listened to. Um, I don't know why. I just. I, it's math core. I need a little bit more time with that. And we're also going to have an album from... Fuck. 
Numenorion. Numenorion? I think it's the second one. Numenorion. Um, a post-blackmail project, because obviously I'm into that. Um, that's all going to come out next week. I'm also listening to the Taylor Swift album, if you're interested. And then I'm saving myself, because in theory... Well, no, not in theory. On Friday. Yeah? On Friday, the new Tool album will be here. I'm going to need a lot of time with that, because sm- small mind... And also, it's going to be my first ever Tool album. So I kind of want to have it, like, just proper take it in. Um, so I can't imagine that be next week. I imagine that will be the week afterwards. Um, or maybe the week after that. It depends how much time I need with a Tool album. So that's coming out next week. Knocked Loose, Ithaca, Numenorian. This has been the Desolation Sounds podcast. If you like what you've heard, do usual social media things and whatever that may be. Otherwise, just come say hi. I'm very lonely. I'm very, very lonely. And just tell me what you think of music, because I like talking about music, as you can tell. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here, and you wouldn't be here, which is weird. Bye!